This is the Sue Jeffers Show, Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130 and TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com. I got to tell you, I got to tell you, flat out, right, right when we start the show, in spite of the fact as it being a beautiful, glorious day in wonderful summer in Minnesota, in spite of the fact of how blessed I am and how fabulous my family is and my friends are and everything's going so well for me and I have the best producer in the whole entire world, I am ornery today. I am really, You're really, man, really a ornery. A little uptight, Stan. I don't know what happened. And this is more than normally because I, I, yeah. I would consider you yeah. kind of ornery most of the time what i am a picture of <laughs> <laughs> of a happy picture soul. of unicorns dancing <laughs> yeah. in my head when i see Sue. yeah 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 i you know what i am a happy person i am a kind and nice person and i'll tell you today it's just every if i look on facebook or i look on twitter or i see some moron driving next to me in the freeway and it's just like oh and i i don't i don't know what it yeah i do know what it is it, i go on and on and on and on um uh, about Democrats and how I despise their policies from the tip of my toes to the top of my head, and they're driving me even more crazy than usual. Well, this maybe week. we could get a few vehicles in uh, off the road if we maybe put up some. Put some more trains out there. Well, either trains or I was thinking maybe some scooter <laughs> paths for the scooter riders out there. Yeah, no, Stan, no, no. And here, here's another thing, Stan. We're supposed to be the great. We are great. The United States of America, land of the free and home of the brave. And instead of being the land of the free and the home and the brave, it's gimme, 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 gimme. And everybody, the Democrats, oh, here's some free stuff, and here's some more free stuff, and oh, here's some more free Maybe stuff. Maybe that's where they're going with the free dumb. Oh, it just... <laughs> It just drives me absolutely crazy. So heads up out there. If you call in, I'm ornery. Uh, and yeah, I'll get over it because we have a lot of things to talk about today. We're going to talk about President Trump. Oh, my gosh. Think about this. President Trump named his SCOTUS nominee uh, on Monday night, um, uh, Brett Kavanaugh, which I think is great. Um, think about this. It could have been Hillary. It could. Boy, did we dodge a bullet. We dodged a bullet that it isn't Hillary giving us this pick or or giving us the one for Gorsuch, too. I am so thankful for Donald Trump. I am so thankful for him being able to pick these Supreme Court justices. And we're going to uh, we were going to have a guest on who was going to talk about the Supreme Court pick. And but but something came up. And so even better. Doug Wardlow is going to call in. Doug Wardlow is going to call in. He's going to talk about uh, the Supreme Court nominee. He's going to talk about uh, Bernie Sanders and Keith Ellison. And I'm sure he'll give us an update on his attorney general race. I want you guys to know I love Doug Wardlow. I've known him since when he ran to to be in the Minnesota legislature. And I have always had just such tremendous respect for him. And I think he's working really hard on this campaign for attorney general. He's exactly the guy we need sitting there. I think there are, what, nine candidates running. And the Democrats have a primary. Uh, I don't think Doug has a primary. But uh, the Democrats have a primary. Keith Ellison had Bernie in town. Uh, Bernie was in town yesterday. They were in Minneapolis and in, in Duluth. 1,500 people went to First Ave to hear Bernie. And Tina Smith showed up there, too. I don't know how she got the invite into there, probably because she's not having as easy a time as they thought. But she tried to jump on those coattails, and she got heckled. 
Uh, and I'll tell you a little bit more about that later, too. Uh, but I just wonder, do you think Bernie has the juice to get Keith across the finish line to be the Democrat candidate for attorney general? I think that's just a really, really interesting uh, and, and, you know, they're counting on Minneapolis and St. Paul to provide enough votes statewide to, to win this. And that just means our side has to work a lot harder to make sure Keith Ellison or none of the Democrats win that seat. It's about time we start. We start. And I have a question. Why Bernie? I mean, is he now the Well, they're the both face? socialists. Is you he know? the face of the party, though? I mean, is he going to be no. maybe running in a couple of years? No. Well, yeah, there's talk that he might run for president again after Hillary gave him the shaft. You know, he just got got cheated out of that whole entire thing by Hillary. The interesting thing on that is, you know, Bernie calls himself a Democrat socialist, and so does Keith. So you've you, you've got one thing after another describing the kind of candidate that Keith is, and now Bernie endorses Keith Ellison and comes in for him. And Stan, don't forget, Minnesota in the last presidential primary where, where caucus where we all voted, Bernie Sanders won Minnesota. Remember, Rubio won for Not the surprising. Republicans, and, and Bernie won for the Democrats. Beat Hillary in Minnesota, which I thought was very There's surprising. There's a lot of Bernie heads out there. Oh, yeah, for sure. Also, Minnesota Voters Alliance. Way to go, Minnesota Voters Alliance. Another big win. It is shameful how many of these lawsuits we have to take, uh, how many of these um, information requests that we end up having to to sue our government to get this information. So we had a judge this past week, <coughs> excuse me, a judge this past week told Minnesota Secretary of State uh, si Steve Simon, give them the data. It's public data. Give them the data. I can't wait to tell you about that one. Plus, I have a lot of things to say about unions. So the Supreme Court, uh, the United States Supreme Court decision, Janice V. asked me, um, that was a huge thing, and that's going to impact us in Minnesota. Basically, what that Supreme Court ruling did is made every single state a right-to-work state. So the Republicans couldn't deliver on that for us. God knows why. Uh, well, probably because they didn't try or didn't try very hard. Um, and they were afraid. We need to find some Republicans with the backbone. Doug Wardlow won't be a, a, a candidate, won't, won't be a candidate or a sitting attorney general that doesn't have a backbone. You can count on that. Uh, but that's going to really impact Minnesota. We'll talk about that. We're also going to talk about student loan debt. You know, Democrats love to promise free college to everyone. And now you're starting to see more and more talk about student loan debt, how it's too big. And because the student loan debt is so high for so many people, that they can't buy houses and get married and have children and spend money in the economy and all that kind of stuff. And so we'll talk about do the students deserve a bailout? And the answer is no, hell no, they don't. But that's in the 4 o'clock hour. So I told you I was ornery. I have a feeling I'll be ornery in the 4 o'clock hour too. And then there's lots of things going on with election news. Uh, the primary is coming up on August 14th. I hope everybody's voting in the primary. Uh, and remember in the primary, you can vote now. Uh, in the primary, you vote a straight party line ticket. So this is the first year you'll actually be registering uh, as to are you a Republican or a Democrat. Uh, and there's lots of stuff happening um, in in the state of Minnesota and at some of our uh, local government, local units of government, which are just as uh, crazy out of, and out of control as usual. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about President Trump's pick, um, uh, Judge. It's let's see. 
uh, D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals Judge Brett Kavanaugh, and he's that's who Donald Trump picked to pl- replace retiring Justice Anthony Kennedy. And wow, all I can say is thank God Hillary isn't making this pick because who knows who do we have. And Doug Wardlow will be joining us in the next segment. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in. Sue Jeffers, Twin Cities News Talk AM 1130 and TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com. Jeffers. This is the Sue Jeffers Show, Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130 and TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com. So before Donald Trump even announced who his Supreme Court nominee was going to be, Dennis Miller tweeted out, just to keep things in perspective, Trump could nominate either Amy Coney Barrett or Vladimir Putin tomorrow, and the headlines would be exactly the same. It, that is so true, so accurate, and not surprisingly, exactly what happened. The hysteria, the panic, and the outright lies from the left is just crazy. I told you before, I am so thankful. So, so, so very thankful that President Hillary Clinton wasn't making this pick. Hillary Clinton actually came out just a couple days ago and claimed that Kavanaugh will turn the clock back to the 1850s, you know, when slavery was legal. It is just absolutely ridiculous, the hysteria and hype and nonsense that you heard from these guys. How are you going to feel when they take away your right to vote as a woman? I know, right, Stan? Right? (laughs) You won't, That's what's coming, you know. I, I know. I heard that. I heard that from so many Democrats. Wow. You wonder why I despise? What, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's worth noting that this hysteria over Kavanaugh is 100% political because no one, no one in America would claim he's anything but a, a brilliant lawyer. Um, President Tr- Trump tapped D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals Judge Brett Kavanaugh. I am so excited about this. I have a few reservations, yes, and everybody should, people. Everybody should. You don't rubber stamp them with a yes. You don't go his- full hysteria and panic and, and hyperbole because it's someone you don't like. Uh, ABC blasted the controversial nominee, before he was even named. That's ABC, folks. ABC. The Women's March Press release that they sent out forgot to insert the name into into their their press release that went out. It just said XX, and they were supposed to insert the name in there. It, I mean, how, how crazy is that? Then one of the folks at National Review said they got their first activist email opposing Kavanaugh from Democracy for America. And the spot where it says, uh, fill in the SCOTUS name, it says, she represents a generational assault on justice, freedom, and core Democrat values. That shows you right there. Shows you right there. It didn't matter who Donald Trump picked. They were going to be a generational assault on justice, freedom, and core Democratic appeals. You also saw the Judicial Crisis Network say that it's going to launch a $1.4 million ad buy. Alabama, Indiana, North Dakota, and West Virginia on this Kavanaugh pick. This is so interesting because those are, of course, Senate seats that are are, are up for election. Patricia Torres-Ray, she's one of the run- ones running for, I think, CD5 here in Minnesota. She wrote, Brett Kavanaugh is exactly who we thought Trump would pick, an ideologue who has ruled against working people against immigrants, against women, and will strip the rights of millions of America, Americans if his nomination is approved. We cannot turn back the clock. 
Um, and then, of course, she followed up that you have to stop Kavanaugh by electing pro-choice Democrat women like Amy Klobuchar and Tina Smith. Fat chance. Tina Smith, here's what we know. Brett Kavanaugh was ha- a hand-picked extremist con- by I'm sorry. Here's what we know. Brett Kavanaugh was handpicked by extremist conservative groups. That's not consensus. We should not be voting until we have a new Congress. And let me be clear, I will oppose this nominee. Howard Root had the greatest response to, you know, Howard, he's filled in for me on the show. And I really liked him until he jumped in bed with Tim Pawlenty's campaign. And then I decided, yeah, I'm not as big a fan anymore. But we'll talk elections a little later in the show. Howard Root, this was a great, a great comeback to Tina. Howard Root said, here's what we know. Tina Smith was handpicked by an extremist government governor. That's not consensus. She should not be voting until we have a new election. Let me be clear. I will oppose, oppose this appointee. That was so brilliant, Howard. That was really, really brilliant. And then Tina Smith came back and said, women don't need the government looking over their shoulder in the examination room, telling them what they can and cannot do. But SCOTUS nominee Judge Kavanaugh would overturn Roe and restrict women's freedom when it comes to health care. Remember, Tina Smith is the Planned Parenthood VP for I don't know how long. She's uh, um, think about this. In 20 years, liberals went on their opinion of abortion from safe, legal, and rare to full-blown celebrations for abortion, which I just think is a sad, sad, sad day. So I thought I was going to have this guy on to help me talk about uh, Brett Kavanaugh, uh, Trump's pick, President Trump's pick, but he couldn't make it. And I got I got a better guy. I got a better guy coming on now because Doug Wardlow is here. And Doug Wardlow is, of course, running for attorney general of the great state of Minnesota. We want him to win really bad. Go to his website. Check it out. Make sure you donate money to him. Lots of money. If you don't have much money, use that personal contribution thing through the state of Minnesota where you get your money back. Do anything you can to help Doug Wardlow. Uh, Doug, I'm so glad to have you. Great to be on, Sue. Oh, you've had a busy day. Didn't, weren't you in a parade this morning? Yep, up in Andover this morning for a parade. That was a, a great parade. Oh, yeah. I like Andover a lot. Yep. Good people up there. Really good Absolutely. people. All right, Doug. So Donald Trump has tapped D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals Judge Brett Kavanaugh to replace uh, Justice Kennedy. What do you think? Well, Brett Kavanaugh is eminently qualified. He's a fantastic jurist. You know, he's got over 300 written opinions, opinions under his name at the D.C. Circuit and, and the Supreme Court of the United States has, um, you know, gone his direction and basically adopted his defense in a, in a number of instances. So he's just he's he's very very qualified and he's going to apply the laws as written, and he's going to you know he's a person that believes in the law and that the law is the law and that when the legislature the Congress write the law well you know it should be applied according to the original meanings of the words that Congress actually picked. Uh, and put on paper there, and, that, and that's and that's what a judge is supposed to do. And I see the hysterics from the left. Uh, it's interesting. It, it, the hysterics are because the left sees the the court as, as just another uh, you know super legislature, and and they see a threat to the fact that they they see a threat to their ability to use the courts to get their agenda done. I, yeah, I think I think you're right. I think it's a really good pick. You know, you talked about the 300 opinions that he had. I loved the opinion that he wrote on Heller, which was the Second Amendment case, which was fabulous for our side. But then again, on the other side, I wasn't real happy with the, the piece that I think it was a 
was it a dissent? I don't even know what it was, but it was a, uh, about Obamacare that it was okay for the government to to basically force us to to buy health insurance. I wasn't real happy about that, but then I heard some I don't know wiggle room, I guess, where he was saying, no, government shouldn't do that, but it should go all the way to the Supreme Court. So I, I don't know. I mean, it, but we, Doug, we never want to take a candidate and just say, oh, our side picked him. He's the right guy. We actually want to look at all these different different cases and different rulings and the things that, that he wrote and, and how, how that impacts what decisions he'll make in the future. And I do love it that, that people say, uh, you can't ask a justice how he would rule on a case because they don't know until that case gets in front of them, right? Well, that's exactly right. I mean, that's what judges are supposed to do. They're supposed to look at the particular case or controversy in front of them and then make a decision that's limited to that case. And uh, Brett Kavanaugh, he, that's what he does, and that's what he will be doing on the Supreme Court. And uh, that's why he's a good jurist. He's, he's not a legislature, legislator, right? And so uh, that means that he keeps to the case in front of him. That would be awesome. Um, I know you also wanted to weigh in just a little bit on, and, and I want to weigh in too, just a little bit on, on on your race because we've heard more than a few things from Keith Ellison that seems there are some laws that he wants to uphold and other laws he doesn't want to uphold. It seems like he wants to be the attorney general so he can go after the president of the United States, not that he can look out for the people of Minnesota. And I find that really irritating as a candidate for Minnesota attorney general. What do you think? Well, absolutely. I mean, Keith Ellison has said he won't uh, enforce laws that the legislature might pass that restrict access to abortion. So he's just picking and choosing which laws he would or would not enforce, not based on anything but his own political viewpoint. And he's also stated that he wants to use the Office of Attorney General to go after President Trump, obstruct his agenda to, agenda to lead the resistance, uh, if you will, against President Trump. And that's preposterous. It's terrible. And he just wants to basically take the AG's office and politicize it, make it uh, use it for political warfare. That's completely inappropriate. A hundred percent inappropriate. And of all things, I was uh, telling everyone earlier, I was extremely irritated today, Doug, and I, it's the Democrats that I think are driving me over the edge because Keith Ellison uh, and was endorsed by Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders was in Minneapolis and Duluth yesterday. And and it, it's just so frustrating to hear the direction that they want to take, want to take not only Minnesota in, but the whole country in. And I just get so frustrated with that. Yeah, it's frustrating, frustrating and it's terrifying. But I think that uh, the vast majority of Minnesotans don't want to go that direction. So uh, we can retire Keith Ellison from Minnesota politics in November, and that's what we have to do. Oh, we have to do that for sure. But I worry, Doug, because think about it. When you look back to the last presidential election, Minnesota picked Rubio and Bernie Sanders. Well, yeah, so so Bernie Sanders, I know, but Bernie Sanders is an elitist East Coast socialist. He's, you know, two True. people in the pod, Keith Ellison and Bernie Sanders. And I just think that, you know, it, it shows you how far left the Democrat Party is getting. And uh, that's not the direction most Minnesotans want to go. And I don't even think it's the direction that a lot of Democrats want to go. I think you're right. I think, yeah, I know it's a, it's not the direction a lot of Republicans want to go or independents 
or libertarians right. want to go. But I think a lot of Democrats are really worried about that swing, too. And I think it's really amazing that Tina Smith was heckled and they were saying, just give us Keith. We don't we you know, we don't like your vote on this. We don't like your vote on that. We just want Keith. So and, and he packed fifteen hundred people into First Ave. I mean, that's just crazy. It is crazy, and, and there are there, and, and you know, Keith Ellison's past is, is, well, he's got a lot of issues, and um, you know he's worked for Nation of Islam for 18 months. And he's got associations with Louis Farrakhan. Um, he has voiced support for individuals who are you know, convicted cop killers. Oh my gosh, a, Doug! Did you read Scott Johnson's Powerline piece today? He I it did. was should read that. blistering, uh, just outlining. Uh, Keith Ellison's background. It was I, you know, I thought I knew Keith Ellison. I was astonished at some of it. Yep, it, it, it's astonishing. I mean, uh, there is so much in Keith Ellison's past that should make uh, everybody in Minnesota uh, quite concerned about the fact that he wants to take the AG's office and be the top law enforcement official in the state. That's crazy. Okay, Doug, tell people quickly here how can they find out more information about you? How can they get involved in your campaign? What can they do to help you? Absolutely. Well, we need volunteers. We need contributions. You know, you can go online to DougWardlowAG.com and make a contribution online there, and you can sign up to volunteer, walk in parades, make phone calls, what have you. We have a, a lot of needs, and, and we're building a, a great team across the state. We have 450 volunteers signed up so far, so uh, we need everybody's help. DougWardlowAG.com. DougWardlowAG.com. Good luck, Doug. I'm sure we'll have you on before. Uh... Well, I'm sure we'll have you on as often as I can because I think you're a great candidate and I think you're going to do really well. Thank you so much. Really appreciate you checking in with us today. Thank you, Sue. Okay, bye. Um, the I have a few more things that I want to say about the courts. I want to tell you about Minnesota Voters Alliance win. The judge told Minnesota Secretary of State Steve Simon, give us the data. It's public data. Give it to them. Steve Simon's already appealed it. Um, crazy, crazy, crazy. I don't, uh, I don't like that at all. But it's, you know, it's really shameful that the citizens of Minnesota or wherever have to sue their government to get them to behave appropriately. Um, it, it just, it, yeah, another thing that's probably driving me crazy. We'll take a quick, quick break. When we come back, I'll tell you about Minnesota Voters Alliance latest big victory. And I want to talk just a little bit more about the Supreme Court pick. Stay tuned, everyone. Sue Jeffers, Twin Cities News Talk AM 1130 and com. Afternoon, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Sue Jeffers. This is the Sue Jeffers Show. We're talking a little bit about Donald Trump's pick for the next uh, United States Supreme Court Justice, Brett Kavanaugh. I, I, I think it's a solid pick. I think it's a good pick. I think the way things are going, uh, he will be confirmed, I hope, sooner rather than later. The left is hysterical, of course. But also last week, you saw uh, the White House released an executive order that ends the competitive selection process for administrative law judges, making them political appointees who can be fired at will. Interesting, huh? Um, remember, I'll say this again. I have trouble with some of these executive orders because you saw how mad we got when President Obama did them. Now you see how mad the left is getting 
when Donald Trump comes in to reverse all of Obama's executive orders. And in fact, Donald Trump comes in and uses some of his own executive orders. We have a Congress for a reason, people, and we have a court system for a reason. And I really do feel like some of those courts are are out of control. And you saw that with um, Trump's travel ban. You saw a judge in Hawaii who shut down the whole entire travel ban only to be slapped down by the United States Supreme Court. And in particular, Clarence Thomas really went after that judge in Hawaii and basically said, hey, we're not going to tolerate that kind of nonsense anymore. Um, And you, um, last Friday, I think it was, uh, Governor Dayton was interviewing judicial candidates for Minnesota's third and fourth judicial districts. I don't think people realize how many uh, judges Mark Dayton has put on there. I put up a great article, and I don't know about you, but I don't, I don't know a lot about uh, the legal system. I'm not a lawyer. I know far too many lawyers, um, but I'm certainly not a legal scholar. I'm not a legal expert. That's why I had to have D- Doug Wardlow come call in and tell us a little bit about this pick. It's why I call my friends who are lawyers and ask them about these picks. And it's why I tried to read as much as possible about these picks. And I did it not only when President Trump was picking them, but when Obama was picking them and when all the other presidents were picking them because I wanted to know what kind of justices these were going to be. I think we long ago learned Congress is not doing their job. And far too many things are having to fall to the courts. And that really, really bothers me. But I read this article um, by Daniel Horowitz, and I posted it up on my Facebook page. Or who does he write for? Uh, Conservative Review. So you can go to Conservative Review, look for Daniel Horowitz's article, uh, The Forgotten Slam Dunk Shutdown of the Ninth Circuit Insanity. And basically, it was Daniel Horowitz weighing in on the prevailing corrupt judicial practices and how one district judge or one circuit panel can redefine our Constitution, determine our politics, control our borders and security policy, and and over the other two branches of government in all 50 states. And then he talked about how really, truly, one Supreme Justice could unilaterally shut that down, and it's through a technique called circuit assignments. And it's a Supreme Court procedure that I think we really have to have to look more uh, look more on doing it. We have to elect rep- representatives to Congress who will actually do their job. We have to elect a president that and that will actually stand up for the Constitution and what the United States is supposed to be be about. But we also have to have a Supreme Court that's going to do their job as well. And you're hearing a lot of talks. This is the Democrats again. But you heard, after they lost the election, you know, they said Trump stole the election and they wanted to change the electoral college. Uh, they're sore losers. What can you say? Then now Donald Trump is picking a Supreme Court justice. And now all of a sudden they're saying, oh, just wait till the Democrats are back in charge. We're going to pack the court. We're going to m- add more Supreme Court justices. You just you just wait. And then you know what? It is fair game for 
Congress to change those kinds of things. It's probably not a good idea, but they can they can do things. Uh, well, they should start out by doing their job. But there is tremendous power of Congress that they can actually do the work where we won't need to have judges be such a strong, powerful, deciding factor in our lives that we wouldn't have such a, a huge fight over a Supreme Court justice pick. And Horowitz had this article that said Congress can remedy the problem of tyranny from the lower courts by denying them the power in the first place. So, in other words, these justices will not be allowed to issue universal injunctions or mandating automatic appeals to the Supreme Court or automatic stays on injunctions that are, are pending. They could just strip down the power of these lower courts. And, by the way, if the... If if you're going to crown, Horowitz said, if you're going to crown SCOTUS king, at least make the court king over inferior courts. And then they talked about how how this is where circuit assignments come into play. So this is a longstanding statute. Individual Supreme Court justices have unilateral jurisdiction over these various circuit courts, and they should be doing something about this. And I think Clarence, Clarence Thomas hinted at this when they said Trump's travel ban was legal, and Clarence Thomas went after that Hawaiian judge. And I will repeat again, I'm not a lawyer, but Horowitz wrote this article in such a way that I really feel like even I could understand it. So right now, the current arrangement of circuit assignments, it says Anthony Kennedy was the justice overseeing the Ninth Circuit. So why the heck didn't Kennedy do something to put to rein in the insanity that we're seeing in the Ninth Circuit? Chief Justice Roberts is in charge of oversee, overseeing the Fourth and D.C. circuits, um, of, of which uh, Horowitz sees them as probably the two most problematic circuits after the Ninth. And then Clarence Thomas oversees the Eleventh Circuit. So Horowitz pointed out that there's not as much trouble in the Eleventh Circuit because Clarence Thomas is in charge of that one. I, I don't think we could expect or hope for much from Kagan or Sotomayor, uh, but say what you, and say what you will about Ginsburg, Ginsburg um, I think she'll retire or die soon. I don't mean that in a mean way. That's just fact. You know, she's getting up there. Um, and I know I saw her work out. Wow. You know, she's really old and does an amazing workout at the gym every day. That's good. But you know, I, she's not going to be there forever. Anyway, with all the with this with Brett Kavanaugh as the new pick, um, he would oversee the Ninth Circuit. So I think it'll be really important that we pay attention to Brett Kavanaugh uh, to see that he will actually look out for this. Not only the lunchroom that he's in charge of, or opening the door, or all these other things that he's in charge of, but these circuit assignments are super, super, super important. So of course we want better justices. Uh, up and down the ticket. I'll tell you, I don't think Governor Dayton has done a great job picking some of these justices, but um, I, I, I think we're going to see a really total total transformation of the United States Supreme Court, and I'm really, really, really excited about it. Okay, um, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I want to tell you about the Minnesota Voters Alliance. We had another huge win, again, in the courts right here in Minnesota. And it's already funny how you're hearing the media try to twist this a little bit. They, um, 
They were talking about Minnesota Voters Alliance, and Minnesota Voters Alliance said that this is a, this decision is a game changer. And Andy Selick even pointed out, he said, Simon continues to turn a blind eye to indi- to ineligible voting and hides the data that proves it. And I want you that that's a hundred percent true. That is exactly true. And the media embarrasses itself when they don't tell the story in full and don't give you the 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 actual details in this. And I want you to think about this. What's what forced this um, lawsuit to move forward was in 2016, there were more than 26,000 people who were marked challenged on the polling rosters right here in Minnesota, right here in 2016, and they were permitted to vote. And and most and and that came out of the office of the legislative auditor and the OLA looked at a tiny subset of those twenty six thousand names people who voted do you understand that people who voted and they looked at the the auditor looked at six hundred and twelve and they determined only twenty only twenty of the six hundred and twelve that they looked at were eligible to vote. So you've also got over 16,000 new registrants in 2016 who identified themselves. These are brand new people who signed up, who registered to vote. They put their last four digits of their Social Security number, 16,000 of them, and those numbers were not found in the Social Security Administration database. That is just crazy. What is Steve Simon hiding? Why wouldn't he give them the data? Why did Minnesota Voters Alliance have to sue? I'll tell you about it when we come back. Sue Jeffers, Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130, com. Good Saturday afternoon, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. Really appreciate you listening. I'm Sue Jeffers. This is the Sue Jeffers Show. I've been putting up on Facebook a lot of stories about... Uh, Um, people who were voting that should never have been casting their ballot. This week I put up one about uh, out of Texas. It was meet illegal alien Rosa Ortega. She claims she didn't know the difference between citizen and resident when she cast an illegal ballot for over a decade. Midterms are right around the corner, and I ask you guys, do you think she's the only uh, illegal alien that's voting? Absolutely not. Uh, Keith Ellison had an interesting comment and folks i want you to listen to this because this is one of the few times that i'm going to tell you keith ellison was right keith ellison said and i quote folks i cannot say it enough voter turnout is everything in 2016 the largest block of voters in america wasn't democrats or republicans it was people who didn't vote So think about that. People who didn't vote. And that's why the Democrats are working so hard on getting people to turn out, even people who don't usually turn out. And, hey, Republicans, you should be doing the same thing. Come on, get on it. Uh, Then Keith Ellison went on to say voting day should be a national holiday. Millions of Americans can't up and leave their jobs to go stand in line for a few hours, especially lower-wage jobs. We should make voting easy. Voter fraud is not an issue. Voter turnout is, well, he's wrong. Voter fraud is an issue. Democrats just like to ignore it. Uh, Steve Simon, following the Mueller indictments of the Russian um, hackers who hacked into Hillary Clinton's campaign and the Democrat computers and all of that kind of stuff, um, 
He said that he was working very, very hard with Homeland Security and other government entities to make sure that Minnesota's data was uh, safe and and taken care of. Uh, They said that there was one state that had been hacked. Um, It was the State Board of Election, and they saw information related to approximately 500,000 voters. It included names, addresses, partial Social Security number, dates of birth, and driver's license numbers. And they think that came out of Illinois, but I just saw something out of Maryland, so I'm not sure uh, what that was. Anyway, the big excitement for us this week was Minnesota Voters Alliance won uh, one another another case. This is another lawsuit that they had to file last year because Steve Simon, the Secretary of State, had wrongly denied access to information on voter eligibility. And this eligibility included challenges that related to citizenship, residency, and if they and felon status status. So thank you to Ramsey County District Court Judge Jennifer Frisch. And it was really weird because this case this went on longer than uh, I thought it was was going to take and she was a really good judge she stands going to look up and see if he can find out who appointed her um oh co-figure it's dayton well you know what she did a real thanks mark dayton because she did a really good job and she came back and she asked for more information uh which was so pertinent so okay i take that back what i i said something mean about governor dayton's court picks and well you got a good one here at least on this save case this part yeah you are gonna have to save that part holy cow because i was really impressed with her and you know what that's how a judge should be a judge shouldn't be targeting someone because of your political beliefs or whatever you should be like doug wardlow said applying the law so uh ramsey county district court judge jennifer frisch ordered simon to release the requested information within 10 days. And Eric Cardall, who's our our attorney, Minnesota Voters Alliance attorney, I shouldn't, I'm not any part of this case. Um, I've been following it along with uh, Andy and all the rest of them, and I think it's really exciting. And I think it's really shameful that Steve Simon won't give us this public data. And Minnesota Voters Alliance and Eric Cardall have, have had to work really, really hard to obtain this public data. And a spokesman for the Secretary of State's office said Simon was attending a national conference and he couldn't comment on the ruling, but his office immediately filed an appeal. And this spokesperson said Secretary Simon will use all available legal tools to protect the private information from Minnesota voters. And I just wanted to scream, hey, dummy. Hey, spokesperson. Hey, Steve Simon. It's public data. It's not private information. It's public data. So um, the judge did a really good job and called the Secretary of State's position untenable. Uh, The court's analysis found no basis in the law for any of the government's arguments presented against the release of public election information and ordered the Secretary of State to produce it without delay. And Eric Cardall said it's lamentable that citizens group have to pursue a long and expensive court battle. And that's just so true. What was really interesting is during the proceedings, the Minnesota Voters Alliance had all this data a huge amount of data that it presented to the court, all from government sources. And this data suggested that, listen to this, tens of thousands of voters may have voted ineligibly in 2016. 
And what was so crazy about that is the Secretary of State made absolutely no objection to the validity of that data. That's huge, people. That is absolutely huge. And I'll go back to what Andy Selick said, too. This is a game-changing decision. Since um, He said about Steve Simon, since being elected four years ago, Secretary of State Steve Simon has turned a blind eye to ineligible vote, voting, hidden the data that demonstrates it exists and undermine those who tried to analyze the extent of it while falsely assuring the public that it does not exist. I mean, think about that, folks. Think about that. That is just absolutely crazy. Uh, let's take a quick phone call. You want to weigh in? 651-989-5855. 651-989-5855. Chuck, you're up. Hey, Chuck. Yeah, Sue, thank yeah. you for taking the call. Sure. Uh, I keep worrying about Keith Ellison. Here's a guy who has been in Congress uh, over a dozen years, has never, ever had any important legislation passed with his name on it. But the one thing he has going, despite the, the fact that he's a, a racist and a Louis Farrakhan follower, uh, is name recognition. How yep. are the Republicans going to counter the name recognition factor uh, in the race for attorney general? I mean, it frightens me to uh, think that this guy could wind up Ellison as uh, the next attorney general. It would be a disaster. Well, Chuck, the easiest way to do it is Democrats out there would say, oh, hell no, Ellison, we don't want you. We're not voting for you because Ellison's in a primary with, uh, what, five other people? And whoever wins that primary goes on to face Doug Wardlow, the Republican candidate, endorsed candidate for attorney general. So let's hope the Republic, the Democrats are going to police their own party. Uh, let's hope the Democrats have heard enough of the stuff about how crazy Keith Ellison is to say, whoa, wait a minute. It's one thing to have Keith Ellison sitting in Congressional District 5 in crazy downtown Minneapolis. It's another thing to put him as attorney general for the state of Minnesota. So let's hope Democrats will police their own on the on the next level, of course, if Ellison, oh, God help us, wins that primary, then we've really got our hands full. Yeah, I totally agree. It, it really bothers me that he even has a chance. But uh, the big thing he's got going for him, number one, he's going to get 50,000 Somalian votes right out of the chute. And he has this name recognition thing. And that's what really bothers me. Uh, I think the Republicans uh, are going to have to really uh, find a way to counter that. Uh, because the very thought of Keith, Keith Ellison uh, you know, being a general in the state of Minnesota, uh, it, I mean, and then he brings in communist, leftist, socialist Bernie Sanders. I know. Uh, it's a mess. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. But you know what? Keith Ellison was 100% right when he said it wasn't uh, the largest block of voters in America. It wasn't Democrats or Republicans. It was people who didn't vote. So we've got to make sure that the informed people get out and vote. Thanks, Chuck. Appreciate your Appreciate your phone call. So I'm really super excited about this Minnesota Voters Alliance thing. Uh, they won, uh, of course, our Supreme Court case just this past uh, summer. And they won the battle when uh, Ramsey County District Court Judge Jennifer Fritch, Dayton appointee, denied the Secretary of State's motion to dismiss, dismiss the suit. And now, thankfully, they're going to get this data. Granted, he's going to appeal. We'll see what happens uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I want to talk a little bit more about, about the election. We had some five. 
five races, five races in Minnesota for Congress are now competitive races ranked by Cook. That's huge, people. And we can win a lot of seats. Plus, we'll talk about Johnson Palenti, Johnson Palenti dust-up. We'll talk about how crazy the Democrats are and why they're irritating me. Yeah, maybe we'll talk a little more about Keith Ellison. Uh, lots more coming, everyone. Stay tuned. Sue Jeffers, Twin Cities News Talk AM 1130 and TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com.